Hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. And welcome to Still Moments with Jesus, where two recently graduates, graduating, graduated seminary students discuss everything with the text yeah. and just ministry in our day-to-day lives. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Maya Nicole Samuel Potty, and I'm with my wonderful husband. Brian Samuel Potty. Uh, and today we wanted to... Happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, today we wanted to focus on, uh, I guess... God a t- and government. God and government. Uh, which, before you say, no, I'm not in the mood to hear this, I'm tired, I see politics all the time every week. Uh, For us, this is really focusing in on the text, particularly Romans 13, and what Mm. that means uh, in our lives, as well as just uh, what it means to kind of be politically active or even understand politics while still being a Christian. Mm. So, So why Romans 13, Maya? Oh, Romans 13. Uh, I think this week it's because of the experiences that I personally had. Uh, mm. I recently uh, saw in a conservative more group, uh, you could say, that were highlighting Romans 13 as to not mess with the government and just ignore it. And then mm. on, I have a couple friends who are from, a, I would say, a more liberal Christian setting who are actually lobbying in D.C., uh, and also citing Romans 13 mm. as a part of their lobbying efforts, right? So, to be honest with you, it's mostly yeah. because I was genuinely confused on what Romans 13 is saying and what it means right. in our lives, right? Right. Uh, so, I wanted to start out by just reading a part of Romans 13, or at least the first like couple of sentences to kind of get groundwork of what we are talking about, right? So I'm highlighting now, I'm reading an ESV. If you have a Bible with you, uh, that's the translation I'm going with today. But any translation works wonderfully. Okay. Uh, So in Romans 13, it starts out by saying, Let every person be subject to the government authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Mm. Therefore, whoever resists the the authorities... resists what God has appointed mm. and those who resist will incur judgment for rulers are not a terror to good conduct but to bad mm. would you have no fear for the one who is in authority then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good mm. but if you do wrong be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain for he mm. is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on wrongdoers. Mm. Therefore, one must be in subjugation, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Mm. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Mm. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed. Mm. Honor to whom honor is owed. Mm. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Mm. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandments are summed up in the word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Mm. I don't know, Brian. Right. 
for me, Romans 13 uh, is still confusing. Uh, I can continue okay. on. Okay. And Yo, just please, please go ahead. Uh, besides... Whichever way you choose. Okay, so I, I dropped down out of Romans 13, 11, hmm. that finishes out by saying, Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now hmm. than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Mm. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, Mm. not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Mm. And that's the end of this chapter right 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 and it's still for me one of the most confusing texts uh that i have read and also one that gives me solace at the same time that frustrates me which Mm. i guess is what the bible does to me every single day in general to Mm. be honest why would you say it confuses you though uh i guess for me this got a, a good bearing of where you're coming from with this I, I struggle. Uh, no. And just for anyone listening, if you resonate with any of this, please feel free to list it out somewhere on a site, like a notepad or on your phone, because we might be digging into something that may be very close to your own heart. So, yeah, just thought we should put that out there. Thank but you. Please, Maya. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say a lot of times government gets stuff wrong, mm. right? And then uh, no matter what political side you're on, it, it, not every, people are still people and maybe they don't make the best policy choices at the time and mm. those have consequences to people's life right so to hear that uh politicians are ministers of god right right or uh that i should respect and you know have this type of of in a way of saying like oh that people in the political sphere especially now in the united states you might say it's question a lot of people question mm. uh, whether or not they really are doing good or not doing good right mm. and that might just be the time period we're in and i could see both sides of the aisle st- feeling the exact same way about the opposite side of the aisle mm. so i guess my first question for you and especially someone who's coming from another country and then seeing american politics in particular right uh is yeah ha- if I'm understanding Romans 13 right, should hmm. should we or how are we supposed to be involved in the political world, if at all? Wow. I think this is a very good point to start with, right? Like, should you be in the political arena to begin with, or should you not, or should you... Uh, but the implication of should implies that there may be a sense of deontological ethics at mm. play so which means that's a duty-bound ethics as a christian Thank should you. you be engaging in it or should you not be engaging in it and it seems like it's so diametrically opposed to each to you know each point of view is going to be diametrically opposed to the other for those who will say you have to get into it and those who will say that you sh- should not be anywhere near it and this is not a left or right liberal or conservative point of uh, viewpoint this is something that you definitely see also in some church belief systems that would advocate that you should not get as involved in uh, secular or uh, government or federal political uh, 
associations or activities or actions or any manner of uh, uh, what do you call it? Sorry, the words escape escaping my mind right now. But in any capacity that the government exists and functions within your own state, right, county, or city, that you should not engage in them whatsoever. And some church denominations tend to flow that way. If you belong to one of them, it'll be great to hear your viewpoints sent to us, please. Uh, we'd love to share them on this podcast someday. Mm. Uh, but the the thing I tend to take away a lot from Romans 13 is not necessarily that you should or should not, but that the idea is that government is supposed to serve people. And I think we wouldn't get to this point if we didn't have a book in the Bible named Book of Kings, right? Mm. Or the Book of Chronicles. Because that's where we begin to see what government looks like, especially within human, the human framework. But I could take this a little further and go back to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, you know. The first five books and the immediate and its immediate predis- um, successors and say, hey, we could also look at how God intends for government under him looks like, like directly under him as a theocracy. Because uh, you have to keep in mind the text is set up within the context of a theocracy, which is a God-governed state or God-governed people. That is the ideal within the text. So. Yeah. You're saying theocracy to me. Yes. But I live in a democracy. Democracy. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And right. Absolutely. I'm not. Absolutely. Uh, with that being said, what does that look like by me then living in a democracy versus a theocracy? Oh, it's going to look absolutely different. Um, I think looking at a text like Romans 13 definitely highlights a concern that many Christians have had over the ages or any believers have have had over the ages. Uh, So you have to remember, uh, not only is Paul talking about politics during this time, but just around his time period, a very uh, well-known Jewish scholar as well was talking about politics at the time. And his name is Josephus. So... Josephus is a very well-respected Jewish historian and scholar, uh, and he was living during the time uh, Israel or Palestine was uh, occupied by the Roman forces. So the Roman Empire was, in effect, um, very present and very dominant in Palestine during his day. Mm. And Josephus lived about the time Jesus did in Palestine. But Josephus approach to how Rome existed and how he saw the role of Rome in God's governance of the world mm. is that he saw Rome as the tool of God to preserve Israel but at the same time by the same time mm-hmm. put Israel in a place help Israel help guide Israel towards the place they were meant to be ultimately as a people at and during that time period so Paul is bringing in a very interesting view as well mm-hmm. in his understanding of what's going on with government. Because you have to remember, with the idea of government, Paul is talking about the Roman. So this is the occupying power mm. that he's referring to. So, yeah. okay. It's a very interesting com- commentary. A couple on, of things. Yes. Because what you might have said right now, Brian, <laughs> might be considered controversial <laughs> for varying degrees. Right. Uh. So if anyone's listening right now that needs to breathe, 
please do so. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yes. (laughs) So let's tackle this in two points. So Josephus. Yes. We are not condoning what Josephus is believing, yes? (laughs) No, that is not what we are doing. Okay. What I'm trying to say is that the point of uh, politics and governing powers and their laws Mm. is a huge discussion under any group that was uh, experiencing any colonizing effects of any empires under which they had to live. Yes. And that's something to understand. And these are being written from the viewpoints mm-hmm. of where people are trying to make sense of what is going on during their time. So it, how then can I kind of stand with Paul in a way of saying, wow, he's saying to me that this occupying por- force I should still pay my taxes to and right. and and right. we can si- like highlight other scriptures of just like uh gosh why am i blanking on the tax scripture that everyone brings up all the time oh, oh which one which one are you thinking uh, about caesar oh give, give to caesar what is caesar give to god what is god yes right Absolutely. yes yeah and in romans 13 does remind me of that right right and uh Right. Yeah, it, it's still just a conundrum for me because it doesn't answer then the question of is then Paul saying that uh, mm. occupying force we still should uh, respect and that and they're going and they're right. going to be doing good? Right. I mean, is that partially also because Paul was Roman? Right. So that's the thing to keep in mind for any of you who are big Bible nerds out there or those of you who might be very new to the text. Um, it's a fascinating point that's brought up in the scriptures, right? That Paul would argue a lot of things related to the law and government. So, and that comes out a lot in his understanding, in his practice. So Paul's practical application of his understanding of law and government comes out in his own proceedings that you read in the book of Acts. So I highly encourage you, if you are someone who's interested in seeing this at play, please read the book of Acts. Uh, Paul does play on his idea, on this idea that he being a Roman citizen, but also of Jewish origin, is someone who should rely on Jewish, on sorry, on uh, Roman law to protect him, as much as he himself is someone who's a diligent citizen of Rome, uh, and it's something that Paul plays into not just once or twice, but a few times, and it's very interesting to see how that works for him and how it doesn't work for him under mm. each circumstance. Uh, back to your point, Maya. You've raised some very good points. I'd say with. Paul's stuff, and please feel free to agree or disagree with me. I'm just trying to state as many facts as I can on this without taking any sides. But what's going on here with Paul, as I've come to understand it, is that Paul is probably reflecting on your text, on the passage you mentioned from Jesus, right? Mm. The idea of give to God what's God's and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Paul is not opposed to the idea of paying taxes, um, as Jesus was not opposed to the idea of paying taxes because he's like no 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 this is what belongs to them their faces are on the coins give it to them i think the hardest thing within the structure of christian government as we've come to understand the kingdom of god of which the ecclesia or the church this new community created in god through christ Mm. is that we have a hard time giving of ourselves to god say it again for the people in the back brad we have a very hard time <laughs> fulfilling the other part of it. We understand money. We understand currency. We understand that the do- this dollar bill will have to go back to the, back to the reserve. It's going to have to go back to this person or this mm-hmm. other person. Go, go back to the tax system, right? It's going to go back into the government that produces it. Mm. 
But we have a very hard time as Christians understanding God's government as people who belong to the government of God. That is the kingdom of God, which is the whole good news. Mm. The good news is that the kingdom of God is here. Yes. And we have a whole new people. Mm-hmm. And we have a totally new duty. And Paul alludes to it in the, ch- in the chapter when he talks about, you have, you've heard about the law, you know, do not kill, do not covet, da-da-da-da. But all this is fulfilled in loving your neighbor. Mm. So automatically, regardless of wherever it is you're li- living, I'm an outsider, as my wife wonderfully just pointed out early in the podcast today. And I speak as a Kenyan, but I also see this as well in the U.S. One who loves mm. fulfills all the law. I don't mean partially loving out of convenience, because the love we read about here, if you read the Greek, is not a love of, it's not phileo love, it's not a fondness for like a brother. It's not eros, it's not an erotic kind of love. Better not be. <laughs> it is not storge, which would be a very convenient one for fa- familial type of love. Yeah. It is not, it is none of the human ones, it is the hardest one alive to do on a, out of pure human strength, and that is agape. I was going to say it. It's God's love. Oh, you're going to say <laughs> I it? I was going to say yeah, it. Yeah, but, that, but that's <laughs> it. It's, it's agape love. Agape fulfills the whole law. And that is what Paul is trying to redirect us to. Mm. That your true duty is not to human government, but to God's higher law. So with that being said, (laughs) my question to you, and this is a question, and people can yell all they want to me about this, but I'm still going to ask it, (laughs) is should then we as Christians and churches be lobbying if we're supposed to be not focusing on human laws, but God's laws? Right. Okay. So one thing I'd say that's very good about that question is that it takes into consideration the realities on the ground. We're, we're in the U.S., right? Yes. Um, some things to keep in mind. If you look at U.S. history, any group, any minority group that has felt that it has been oppressed by the larger dominant group in power who is in charge of government, mm-hmm. there are realities that have come up. Mm. One of the main points is this. So some would cite St. Augustine, who's an early church father, who would say that an unjust law is no law at all. Mm. And that has also been used to push and lobby mm. for change in policy and laws mm-hmm. in government. Like, Much to the loss of the lives of many who've advocated and believe in that uh, statement. Mm. The next thing I'm going to point out that's going to be a point that is really, really uh, poignant but also carries a lot of weight with it. So we've just left February, right? And in the U.S., this mm-hmm. is Black History Month, right? Black History Month. Absolutely. So one of the things that you note with uh, um, Black History in the U.S. is that you notice that for figures like King and the, and the like, one of the things they noticed as they were pushing for change mm. is that you couldn't legislate human behavior. You can only put parameters around what people can and cannot do what they're allowed to do but you cannot legislate or force someone into loving you Mm. so which tells you about where we are where we're at as a people 
And yeah. I, by people, I mean like everyone in the U.S. of A. Or mm. in any other part of the world. Mm. We need boundaries that kind of dictate what our relationships are going to look like. What we can do to the other person and what we can't do to another person. Mm. Why is that still necessary? Because we do not know how to love yes. each other. So, yeah. let me ask you this. Go ahead. Because we don't love, we're all still working on loving one another. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I'd say. Some people are still, it's not all bad. Well, love is hard. I love the kind it. of love Jesus talked about is hard. Agape love is very you hard. To, yeah, it's it, it means difficult. putting yourself on the line for others. Yes. Peter can fulfill the God. Oh, Peter is asked in the end at the end of John. Actually, for those who are trying to understand the reference, Peter is asked in the end of John, uh, the Gospel of John. Peter, do you love me more than these? This is Jesus. Asks. And Jesus asks Peter. Sorry, Jesus asks Peter that question. Do you love me more than this? And the word that he asks is, "Do you agape me? Do you love me, the way I love you?" And Peter says. Peter says. Yes, Lord, you know I am phileo you. I feel a brotherly kind of love for you. I feel this fondness for mm. you. Jesus asked him three times, and Peter... So, Jesus asked him uh, two times, agape, but Peter answers phileo. So, Jesus eventually asks him the third time, Okay, Peter, do you phileo me? And Peter says, yes, I phileo you. <laughs> then do this for me. Mm. Peter has a hard time. <laughs> saying that I love you the way you love me or I'm at least trying to love you the way you love me he struggles with it yes and that's supposed to be his redeeming point in the text but after denying him three times even, and though Peter can during Jesus' do it, own trial yeah. when we talk about agape for yeah. those who don't know what is that it's a God kind of love. It's a very transformative love. It doesn't look at who you... It doesn't look at what you are or what circumstances you're in. It, it takes you as you are mm. and says, Hey, I see your worth. I see your value. I see where you're at. And I want to stand with you and help you get to your, to your God-given potential mm. and see you achieve that. Mm. That's the best way I've come to understand it. One who's listening to anyone who's listening to us right now on the podcast could disagree or agree, but that's how I've come to understand it at this point in my life. As as you've noticed as well, I've said at this point in my life because it is something that you learn uh, over the course of your lifetime, and you'll fully understand when you get to meet the Lord uh, after um, all is said and done on this earth. But that is how I've come to understand it now. Mm. Yeah. So, with that. If we're still trying to do agape love and yes. all those other things, yeah. but we're still stuck having like two parties and maybe people right. still want to go vote or right. they want to go out and do political work, right. which is totally understandable and, and uh, something I've done in my past as well. Right. Uh, I guess my question is, how then, how, how then do we go out to vote or... Just go for something political when maybe the agape love is not shown in every single policy that politicians are making. And I'm not talking about, like, building roads, which I guess you could say is agape love, but mm. policies with immigration or, you know, mm. uh, other controversial groupings. Mm. In those moments, 
Mm. But either side, you could say no matter what, because we're still in humanity on this earth, mm. right? Flawed. Mm. And are not going to make the best policies possible. Mm. How then do people go forward or should we... How do, how do you handle those moments as a Christian? I know my answer. Right, go ahead. I'd love to hear your answer first. Uh, I, I guess for me, mm-hmm. the way I started to handle it lately mm. is one, uh, taking time in prayer for those decisions that may not be as comfortable as people want them to be, right? Mm. And I've looked at the text, right. which sometimes works great at answering a question, and other times I'm like, oh, this text is kind of old compared to what I have to answer the question of right now, <laughs> even though there's all this wonderful information in the Bible. Right. Uh, so it, sometimes in my modern head it gets difficult to apply. And then right. honestly, a lot of times the text answers modern questions better than I ever thought was possible, right? right. Uh, but with that being said, I think having that allowance of the Holy Spirit Mm. in prayer to really answer those questions for me mm. I don't think I'd be able to do this without having God guide me in it mm. it's another part of aspect where I've struggled the mo- I think the things I've struggled in my life the most is allowing God to help me understand my own political decisions and right. my financial decisions right? <laughs> because they seem like such modern concepts Right. but when I really do think about it mm one of the texts a lot of times I don't like to admit but answers questions I don't know why I don't like to admit but it answers my questions for me <laughs> on political issues A yeah. and then B I think you're trying to number people who would agree with you on that one yes and some who disagree with you as well yes, so, yes. which is fine which is fine because everyone we're here to disagree and try our agape love as much as possible absolutely we can uh, practice <laughs> it on this channel <laughs> yes but I think the thing is really allowing again allowing the holy spirit to help guide me in that decision mm. like on what is best at the time period it's right. allowing god and it's another way of letting god into my life yeah so i think in that way part of the reason why i haven't jumped back in working for mm. a political party is because god hasn't given me an answer right to that right or honestly which political party right I should be joining at this point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I can see that. What about you? I'd say, I'd say, first things first, the Christian message is very problematic. And here's why. It is deeply, it is deeply political. Mm. But its politics is not of human origin. And that's a point that's made even during Jesus' questioning, mm. during his trial with uh, Pontius Pilate. Because mm. Pontius Pilate asks him, I hear you're a king. And Jesus says, hey, are you asking me because you are asking me or is it because others have told you to ask? And then Pilate goes on to say, don't you know, I am just, you, you know, you are Jews. I don't know about the affairs of the Jews. Mm. And then Jesus says, Huh. Okay. And then Pilate goes on to to say, Okay, something that you need to know, Jesus. I have power to free you and power to lock you, to, to put you to death. So, you know, more or less, just try and cooperate. 
and just looks at Pilate and tells him, no power would have been given to you unless it came from above. Now, if you're reading that as a Roman, the first thing that you, you're going to ask the question is, the one above, was it Caesar? Yes. But... We're not talking about Caesar. Based of context, mm. that is not Caesar. Mm-mm. And then, I'm assuming Pilate just looks at Jesus in a certain type of way. And then Jesus says, because if my kingdom were of this earth, then none of my followers would have would have let even would even have let me be caught by you. But this is happening so that uh, whatever is supposed to be playing out right now is is plays out, because this is what is supposed to happen. Mm. So Pilate is reminded that greater forces than he, at that particular point in time, greater forces than Caesar. Yeah, and greater <laughs> sources greater forces than Caesar mm-hmm. playing out at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's just not aware of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you read history, so one of the fun things about reading history is that Caesar struggles with this thing. It becomes a point uh, that anyone who's who's read any more about, uh, not Caesar, sorry, Pontius Pilate struggles with this thing so badly that if I'm not wrong, he does commit suicide at some point in his career. His career, yeah, his life, right? his life, and, yeah, and, and, his and, and life. Sorry, sorry, but a, but but he not a nine to five. He struggles. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a point in his life. Sorry, this is why you have to get yourself a wonderful partner like mm-hmm. Maya. She she always gets me. Yes. Yeah. So at that point in his life, so what are you talking about when you talk about government? Because Jesus is talking about something completely other mm. than what Rome was. Yes. And you have to remember the Christian message, the, the idea of the gospel is not a unique idea to the text. It is a very political statement made at the time. Caesar described the own birth of Caesar and Caesar's own description of himself is that it's the good news of how Caesar came to liberate the world as, as God, son of God, and savior of the world. What you hope, what Christians believe and what they held fl- flew flat in the face mm. of what Rome was. Mm. So if Paul is talking about obeying government, he may be, he may be talking about the simple principles of doing good to others. Because mm. that is what Jesus' reputation may, what, what, you know, is recorded to have been, like in the book of Acts. Like, you know Jesus Christ. And so Peter's talking about this. He says, you know about Jesus Christ or Jesus the Messiah. How he went about doing good, mm. right? Yeah, it's fair. It's fair, it, right? It's a fair statement to make, but it yeah. still does not answer. <laughs> yeah, even though it's beautiful to know, it still does not answer my question. Should you or should you not? Be? Should you what? On what level? If I am coming in yes. from uh, a place where I have a God who is political. Right. But it's not political here. Of, of, of the, the nature, nature of human the, politics. The nature, yes, that's the best way. Yes. yes, thank you. Of the nature of human politics. Yes. Then what does that look like when I go to the ballot box, right? Oh, that does not that does not exclude you from actually put it, doing action. Your own existence is a statement as a Christian. That's my point. It starts with that. The second thing to keep in mind, as 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 an examples that I've provided, um, 
with Jesus' trial, mm. Paul's own trial, mm. and the other political intrigues of the text, mm. is that, and even the political intrigues of the word gospel itself, is that it implies action in this world. Remember, whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are praying for the invasion of government above, all human government, in governments below. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, or hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it's perfectly done above, let it be perfectly done here among human government. So, <laughs> again. And, and in doing so, give us, provide for us what we need for our daily bread. It's a very interesting political yeah. statement. Incredibly political statement. So here's the point. So here's to your point. So here's here's where I'm coming from in this. What I'm trying to say is this. It is a Christian's duty mm -hmm. to figure out what their calling is within the realm of God's kingdom mm. as children of God. Mm. What is their assigned duty? What are they supposed to come in? What are they in the world here to change? Mm. Is it policy? Mm. Right? Yes. Is it themselves being in the political space as the politicians? Because mm. God doesn't always call bystanders. Actually, God does not call any bystanders. Everyone's going to be having a role. Everyone's going to have a role and a task and a duty that they need to fulfill. So what is your duty and what is your task? Mm. Even in the political arena. Because mm. your idea is to bring down God's justice. What is that God's, what is God's justice? A good example is in the earliest case of uh, Solomon's rule, when he could judge between two prostitutes, mm. the two women, one who lost a child, yes, and the other one who had a living child, mm -hmm. and how he was able to fairly discern what was what mm. between the two of them, yes, and that wisdom is what helped change the face of Israel at that time and his under his kingship mm. but that's an important thing to note mm. it's that wisdom piece that's often lack, lacking in government and policy in human spaces which is why Paul will also go on and say pray for those in government that they may have the wisdom to do what God has put them there to do and that is to serve the people mm. and in that we really fulfill their roles as God's servants but anyway, that's, I digress a little bit. Yes. But that's an important point I felt I should bring <laughs> to it's the a, conversation. It's a very amazing <laughs> point to bring. Yeah. So would you say this? Yes. Because for what I would say. Please go ahead. And what I hope that this podcast can also grow in. Right. Is that unless you are talking to God. Right. Praying in the, and understanding through the help of the Holy Spirit. Right. That even the questions we are asking right now. Right. cannot be answered personally for you unless you are asking God. Right. Because this is not a go ahead and do it this way or yes. go ahead and do it that way, mm -hmm. if I'm understanding you correctly. Yes. But this is, what is your, what, what are you discerning mm. from your own call with God? If you're Christian and you have a faith, faith life, what is this podcast speaking to you? Yes. What is it reminding you to do? Do you feel a call to go into politics? Do you feel a call to actually be out there and... and provide information on political issues. Do you feel like you should 
engage in some way in the political arena and mm. why mm. because you have to remember for each call for each for each gift each skill that god gives someone especially for his kingdom it always has its purpose mm. and i'll remind people who are hesitant about this or have fear about this who are listening to our podcast right now mm. please 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 remember remember daniel remember joseph they lived in government Joseph the youngest of the youngest the youngest of um of the bunch uh he Jake, Jacob's young Jacob's youngest before Benjamin he was in government started as, as a slave but ended up in government and actually the most the second highest person in government overseeing Egypt's issues and save them through drought mm-hmm. so who's god raising you up to be god is mm-hmm. never shy of engaging and being in human government. Mm. And government is a very interesting phenomenon mm. <laughs> in the text as well. Mm. But we have to remember that even for those who try to abuse power in government, God has a way of dealing with them. Mm. And that's something that we also have to keep in mind. Yes. Cuz we are reminded of Daniel's scenario, right? With with the king of Babylon who looked around at his garden and said, "Hey, Look at all that my work, all the work, all that my, you know, the work of my hands has accomplished. Mm-hmm. Look at all that I have done. Yes. And a voice comes from heaven saying, "Okay, King Nebuchadnezzar, because you have failed to give glory to the God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you shall be stripped away from man and be thrown about thrown about to stay with the beast for 7 good years until mm-hmm. you learn to give glory." There's a very there's a whole indictment of uh Nebuchadnezzar's actions and speech at that moment that echoes the idea of a cosmic kingdom so God's kingdom that supersedes all human give kingdoms because the end of that indictment ends by saying mm. not only that should as Nebuchadnezzar then of the seven years learn to give glory to the king of kings and god of gods and lord of lords but that he might remember and my you might like this that it is god above who gives kings who raises kings and appoints them to wherever they are and he's the same one who strips them yeah. strips them from away from the kingdoms yes so god does what so there's a psalm that says god does whatever he pleases he sits in the heavens and does whatever he pleases so that's an important point mm and if you're feeling yes so yeah, yeah. to that point if you're feeling just massive distrust of government right. and are struggling with government just in general right remember that the story of Ahab and Jezebel right and how god right. especially in, kings in the book of kings yeah handled some people uh-huh. who were doing not who were doing wrong inside of kingdom yep who were causing pain to others inside of the kingdom right through the help of the prophets right like Elijah and Elisha right right i mean Ahab and himself went at king king Ahab <laughs> and himself on his last battlefield one did not believe right that Micaiah they can't be fine I struggle with pronouncing names <laughs> you'll learn yes. this in the future <laughs> but that the prophet Micaiah uh-huh. tells him that he's going to die on this battlefield and Ahab's reaction is to put this man in prison uh-huh right with and lim- say that he's going to release him yes and then <laughs> at the moment on the battlefield Ahab is out here in these streets 
with Jehoshaphat uh-huh. from Judah, uh-huh. and he tells Jehoshaphat to wear his garments while Ahab literally hides in like regular people clothing yes. with a hood on. Yeah. Like he's a part of Assassin's Creed, but not the good side of Assassin's Creed, uh, and tries to get away with uh, hiding out for an entire battle mm-hmm. and have Jehoshaphat take the blame, only to then be randomly killed by an arrow. Yep. So, <laughs> when I say that it is one of those things that if you're feeling discouraged at this time period on the same note as one people who are being lifted up right. understand that other people who are causing harm and causing stress and Ahab did this for not a short time period but for quite a bit mm-hmm. still at the end of the day God saw what this man was doing and it is highlighted here in Romans 13 yep. of, of if people are doing wrong then that wrongness will be recognized. Mm-hmm. Plus, something else that's very important to note in Paul's theology in particular is, and I don't want anyone listening to us uh, to, to miss out on this uh, st- uh, beat in the narrative mm-hmm. uh, within the context of the New Testament. Yes, also, we don't want anyone to actually be killed by arrows. Uh, no, I, no, I like no, not at all. Yeah, but um, you get my points here. <laughs> absolutely, but within the context of the New Testament, Paul's whole thing is that he talks about how while Israel received the law and the tablets that God somehow made it possible if you read actually I do believe this may have been Romans or Galatians um, Paul talks about the idea of God having given the law to all humanity in in such a way that they understand how the human conduct is supposed to look like mm. so it is not so that no one is without excuse um, and this is supposed to guide what human actions look like, especially as we try and treat each other and engage each other and talk to each other. Um, there are very interesting ins- uh, instances and stories, since we're talking about the U.S., right? Like with regards to the story of Agape. There is a story about a group of kids, Christian, a Christian youth who were engaging in, poly- in government, whose whole thing whose whole thing was that they wanted to learn how to engage in love mm. and engage in love in a real world. So for those of you listening, we don't want you to assume or think that we are not keeping the real world in context, but we wanted to show you, just at least showcase an example of some people who tried to, or who are trying to live out in a very practical way what God's love, the love of Jesus is. This agape love that we speak about that fulfills the whole law. Mm. and keeps us accountable as people of the higher government, God's government, God's kingdom, mm. who exists in this world. Uh, so there's this group of, pe- of youth that were engaging in politics and you know, trying to go out to you know, uh, the world and do their thing. But here's the thing, they came from different ethnic and racial backgrounds. And so they'd struggle out in, uh, in the streets when they heard uh, slurs, racial slurs and all that thrown and hurled at them. And it came to the attention of uh, their friends uh, that you, you know who just hang around them and just spoke to them because they came from this particular church community and the church community decided we're going to try and do this thing as a peace and reconciliation, reconciliation reconciliatory thing that both groups are supposed to stay silent for at least about half an hour 
one group was supposed to hurl insults at the other group and the other group was supposed to hurl insults at the other group. No. I know, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the idea was that someone was supposed to be able to sit there, take it, and be able to still love the other person. Even as they hated them. In the midst of their hatred. Now, isn't that a tough assignment? <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't yeah. think I could do that assignment currently. It is a very difficult assignment. Yes. But that is how they chose to try and exercise agape. Mm-hmm. For those who felt angered in the moment, it was a, it was like understandable. And then they, and they said, it is acceptable for you to be angry in this moment. Mm-hmm. But how do you then practically uh, practice this with your own brothers and sisters in Christ here in the church space? And reflect it in the world when you go out to the to the world to work to study to exist it's a very difficult one <laughs> well i will say this i think that yeah. we have answered zero of the questions oh go ahead brought in go about ahead. lobbying and and i think in a good way because honestly this is just my curiosity some things yeah we covered some things i feel I thought, proud of, I I feel we, proud I of we us gave some answers overall some answers. overall i thought we were good we gave yeah. the answers yes but I, I think my hope and prayer for anyone this week, yeah, um, whether morning, evening, afternoon, that mm. someone is listening, is yeah. that if there's someone politically different from you, mm. or someone who's just from the other side of the aisle, or anything around that line. From whatever you are. Yeah. Democrat, that, Republican, ind- independent, whatever you are. Libertarian. Conservative, liberal, whatever you, whichever part of the spectrum you fall mm-hmm. into. Green political party. statement yeah yeah uh my my hope and my prayer is that uh you're still reminded that the kingdom of god is still working yeah with whatever your call is yeah. no matter how involved or not involved you are in politics yeah that that there is a greater kingdom than any human kingdom right that is here for you right and a god who loves you yes with yeah. that agape love right right yeah and my, to that thank you mm-hmm. and then my other hope and prayer is that in those moments where we're about to come into like midterm election season mm-hmm. that if you see someone on the other aisle and even a fellow christian that you're able to showcase that agape love as best as possible in that moment mm-hmm. i know it's hard uh but you know, where there's two Christians. Yeah. Where there's two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That that God's love is there with us and to be reminded of that. Mm. So I hope in those moments that God truly does bless you us, you, all of us, in reminding mm. us of the kingdom and mm. the love of the kingdom here mm. on earth. Mm. Yeah. Amen to that. Thank you. Amen to that. Any closing words? I'd say for anyone who's listening, thank you, my love. Uh (laughs) For anyone listening, please remember, God loves you. Human beings are messy. Everything to do with us tends to be very messy. The hardest way God chose to the hard the hardest way God ever chose to reach to us was not through force. Or through human politics but th- it was through relationship relationship takes time relationship takes work relationship takes a lot of trust mm. and that is where we begin to learn love so i hope you realize the amount of love that the lord himself has for you during this week 
and that you'll get to experience what true joy and what it means to be seen and accepted looks like as you continue to trust him and leave it all up to him. Mm. For remember the gospel message, the goodness of the the good news of the gospel of Jesus is available to all yeah. who believe and trust. And during this Lent season, this Lenten season, we hope that you'll have a new encounter with him, a new appreciation of mm. what he has to offer. There's going to be a lot of voices talking around this period. A lot of voices are going to try and divide and, you know, scatter the good work of God, but we believe that we are those who are going to try and gather and not scatter. Mm. We're going to try and create conversation among Christians from all over the world, liberal, conservative, and from where, wherever they are, whatever their background, uh, ethnic and racial, that they may begin to reflect the kingdom. For God's kingdom is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful, and like anything else on earth. Mm. And he's called us to live as family. Because this is how he's chosen to run his kingdom. Mm. So let us find reason to pray for someone this week. Someone that you ordinarily would not pray for. Mm-hmm. Someone on the other side. And trust, <laughs> and someone on the other side. And trust and see that God will do something for you mm. and for them. Mm. Other than that, both of us both wish you a very blessed a week. Very blessed week. And thank you for tuning in to Still, Still Moments, Moments with, with Jesus. Jesus. Take care, guys. Remember to write and remember to type us up an email on stillmomentswithjesus dot at gmail dot com. Yes, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Patreon as well, and Patreon if you want to support us. Yes. Uh, so thank you so much and blessed week. Goodbye. Goodbye.